0: This podcast is part of the Michigan Sports and Entertainment Podcast Network. Go to Michigan for more great podcasts. Welcome, everybody, to the Skeptical Skeptics Podcast. I'm your host, RJ Metzger.
1: And I'm Rachel Metzger.
0: And we are on episode 16. And don't remember what else to say about it. Cool. 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 <laughs> um, oh, yeah. So we are now part of the Michigan Sports and Entertainment Podcast Network, which you will have heard at the beginning of the episode and also last week's episode. But it's exciting. We've already gained a couple listeners from that. So welcome you guys. If you're new. We also had a couple people from Reddit listen. So welcome to you as well. Thank you for the reviews that have been coming in lately. Um, we also have merch on the way. We have like a couple shirts coming in that I'm going to sample and then we'll get. We do. We (laughs) do. We do. Oh, I knew that. (laughs) Not a part of this. (laughs) Apparently
1: Um, I am. I am not actually
0: part of this. This is actually one man show. Guys, (laughs) like you don't even. She just shows up. Um, Uh, Hey, I I do research. She doesn't even go here. But yeah, so we have merch on the way. Um, If they look halfway decent, then I'll put up a store, which will be available both through us and our podcast network. Um, And we will obviously make a big deal of it on the social medias on which we partake. So, yeah, um, but yeah, it'll be a good time. So even if you hate our podcast, I still think that logo is pretty cool. So (laughs) feel free to buy our merch.
1: Also, if you have like ideas for T-shirts, that'd be cool, too. Yeah, like to hear your ideas of what we could put on there. Right. Because obviously, like, it's cool to have our logo, but we could have other stuff, too. Right. Like maybe we could get like, I don't know. Like, like quotes and stuff of ridiculous things we
0: say. Right. Or mostly just, me. Yeah. Generally speaking, anything you guys want on a shirt, we can make it happen. So, yeah, let us know. Um, we also have, you know, phone cases, mugs, travel mugs, stuff like that. It'll That's be the weirdest cool. thing.
1: That yeah. we have that like that we're going to have like this blows my mind. Yeah, I'm so normal. It's not even fun, not normal. Sorry, I'm not normal at all. I just mean, I'm super like. Average human being. Is okay. what I mean. Like I'm not I've never had anything like this before where like people care about me more than the people that actively care about me. Does that make any
0: sense? Well, people might not care at all. We haven't sold anything. So
1: (laughs) they obviously care enough to like listen.
0: Maybe like
1: some people more than like, you know, five. So that's good.
0: It could just just be our family hitting download over and over and over again. To be
1: fair, I don't think most of my family, other than like my sister, shout out to you, really listens to us. That's true. Actually, I actively believe she's the
0: only one that does. I think so, too. My family listens, though. So shout out to you guys, ride or dies. Um, and if you want some merch <laughs> look out <for laughs> They that. do not want our merch They do want our merch Dad's excited uh, Of course he is Anyway, He'll wear, Especially if it's free He'll wear any free t-shirt It's not free Dad, you gotta pay I'm sorry <laughs> You can get a dis- discount Anyway, so We'll be handing out Some discount codes And stuff like that uh, Running a couple contests um, If you want A shirt or something like that, let me know. Um, Definitely reach out to us on social media, but we'll be doing stuff like if you do, you know, a rating or a view on uh, iTunes, we'll give out like a random T-shirt, whatever. So um, be on the lookout for those things. It's exciting times here as a skeptical skeptic.
1: And that sounds like we're like in a way that sounds like we're paying for five star reviews. We're not.
0: No, we're if, just saying if
1: you review us at all, like maybe if you gave us zero stars and like shit all over us, we might like be reluctant to do that. But I just mean like we just mean like putting us out there at all.
0: Yeah, is what so, we're looking
1: for. We're not saying
0: give us a five star review and we'll give you stuff. If Rachel actually looked at the social media posts that I do, I put out there that we're not going to cherry well, pick. I get five that. Stars. I'm just
1: saying if they don't read those and they only listen to us, you That's just true. made it seem like.
0: Yeah, we're not paying for reviews. wink, wink, hint, hint. Although wink, wink, hint, hint give us some good reviews if that's
1: how you feel please do <laughs>
0: um anyway so yeah be on the lookout for that guys uh merch is that's that's our baby as always
1: yeah we try really hard to like cut him out and keep him as quiet as possible he literally has a bottle right now that's just like the noises that come out of his face on a consistent basis is like the noisiest quiet baby he doesn't make noises on purpose But he makes a lot of noise.
0: He just picture a 500 pound man makes all the (laughs) same noises, just breathing, drinking, eating excitement. It's all the same as a 500 pound man. So, yeah. Weird fact of the week this week is that goats have accents. And if you take two goats, even of the same species, but from different parts of the world, they won't understand each other.
1: Okay, I just when I think about this, I think of like, (laughs) hold on, like this, like a movie. Where there's like two goats talking and it's in subtitles, but one is in Spanish and the other's in French. <laughs> and they're just like, what? And like, they keep like talking, but uh, but then there's humans standing there and all you hear is bleeding. Bah. Yeah. Bah. But they're just like, and then they like look at each other with confused faces and just and walk away. And they keep
0: trying. Yeah. Um, so yeah, good times. Poor goats. Uh, I wonder how long that took to be found out,
1: though. Also, how did they find it out? Like, were they listening and they were like, hmm, that goat seems to have... A British accent.
0: Or just While like they bleat. What is a bleeding British accent? Hold on. Or did they just pay attention to like those two goats? They're from the same area. They get each other. <laughs> but those two goats really don't get each other. Ow. What just happened? I whacked my earphones up against something. So yeah, goats. Can't understand each other. It's good times.
1: But also sad.
0: Yes, like they're very they, small minded. What
1: if they love each other? But
0: can't communicate? Well, you know, it's a sad love story. Goat language is the language of romance, so of love. Is yeah. that what you were trying to say? I, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I'm talking <laughs> about goats. Like we need to move on. So this week, uh, I'll be talking about the Nimitz incident, which was a very famous now uh, occurrence from 2004, where fighter pilots actually engaged a UFO.
1: I feel like you give too much away in your in your thing. Okay. Whatever it's called.
0: I mean, to each their own, whatever. Yeah, but
1: it's like not a teaser. You just basically told the whole story. Oh, I basically told the whole 25 (laughs) minute story I'm going to
0: do in a five second blur. You gave all the points. The, all the points are in the liner notes. If they just read the episode, like yeah, summary but who reads about it. A, a lot of people read our summaries, Rachel. OK, but that's different than at the just because you don't and you that's... don't listen to the show. You're not even a fan. That's why I didn't get you merch. I'm Guess not what a I got? fan of the band at all. You're not a fan of the band <laughs> at all. That is a uh, Flight of the concords reference for those of you tracking it home. And for those of you who knew that, uh, I appreciate you a lot. Anyway, so, yeah.
1: I'm not not a fan. I've explained this to you. I can't listen to my own voice on recordings. It, I get too nitpicky and I'm like, oh, I talk like that. I can't control how I talk. If I absolutely hate the way I talk or say a certain word or whatever, I, like, what do I do? Just never say that word again? Well, whatever, man. I mean. I'm just saying you, you don't leave. Just any, you don't listen. You don't leave anything to the imagination. <sighs> anyway, continue. It's like the third, I think, murdery
0: serial killer like thing I've done. Like fifth fifth no snapchat murders freeway phantom burlap sack boy uh this guy's number four at least so four and then mass murder at sea so that dude just randomly killing people it's a video you okay, also fine. did okay yeah, fine you know that if you listen to the show oh my gosh
1: <laughs> anyways okay so my story today is going to be about robert hansen who is also known as the butcher baker he was born in 1939 in iowa Uh, He was known to be painfully shy at school and he had a stutter and severe acne that left permanent scars on his face. Um, This is important, I guess, because he was a social outcast and spent most of his time alone. Um, He reportedly felt a lot of anger and hatred for those people who made fun of him and ignored him. I know we like whenever we talk a lot about like serial killers, which most of them or murderers or whatever, most we
0: treated this way, right? Most were kind of like. I think it's because most people were treated this way during that but, period of well, time. But
1: always, we always like skip over it. Like, oh, he was like treated badly. It's like when you're treated badly in high school, that's like a big deal. That scars you as a human. Like.
0: I think the point I'm getting at is that a bunch of people go through it and don't end up murdering well, no, people. And I agree
1: with you. I mean, I'm not saying that part. but I'm just saying like. As adults, we can look back on it and be like, that wasn't that big of a deal. But like when you're 16 and you're in it, it's really painful to be like made fun of or left out or whatever. You didn't go to high school for real. You don't get to comment.
0: I still had a high school experience. For a year. No, but I mean, like, I still had a social life. Who made fun of you? One time. Anybody. So you get to say nothing. I mean, I'm sure people did.
1: Not to your face. What rumors were started about you? A bunch. Like...
0: I don't want to talk about it, but they were. Oh, remember? Juicy. I don't. You do know.
1: I don't remember. I don't listen to your stories that well.
0: I know, because you're so terrible. You don't <laughs> listen to any of our stories, podcasts or otherwise. Uh, I listen to my own stories. Guys, I get abused in our relationship. Yeah, right. This is a call for help.
1: <laughs> so anyways... For those of you who have been through high school the way I have, unlike RJ, you know what, what I I'm still, saying.
0: You don't have to walk the walls of a high school in order to still have a social experience.
1: You don't have to walk the halls of high school to have a social experience, but you do in order to have a high school experience. Totally. They are very different. I still
0: hung out with high schoolers. That's totally
1: different. Being in the high school environment makes people worse it makes people meaner it makes it harder there's more groups it makes you feel more left out whenever you're not part of those groups because you have your friends and you hang out with them and that's great and yeah there's problems and there's conflicts and there's mean stuff but those are your friends there's not you're not surrounded by a bunch of people who don't even like you like
0: four or five days out of the week i had social like things to do with your friends no i had like parties with people i hated I had, like, all the normal yeah, stuff. Yeah,
1: still. You didn't have to see them every day. It wasn't a forced thing.
0: You could it have easily said,
1: I don't want to go to that party and not shut up. I yeah, had to but go I every day. I went anyway. Also, you weren't stuck in a classroom with a bunch of people you didn't like.
0: No one is interested in this anyway.
1: Yes, they are, because people know I'm right.
0: They Tell don't. Tell us,
1: people. You know I'm right. RJ does they're not, not understand gonna it.
0: Because they're going to forget. RJ. By the time I blow their mind away with this <laughs> alien stuff.
1: RJ was a freshman for a hot minute and thinks he knows anything about high school. Prove him... Ch- like, just show to him how wrong
0: he is. I was still a very the social The rest of critter. us experience
1: how terrible... It doesn't matter how social we're. It, it doesn't. Does. It doesn't.
0: Look, man. Anyways. I had a MySpace.
1: Oh, my gosh. <laughs> anyways, my point is... It's rough being a teenager, and it's painful. But everybody feels that way, so maybe don't kill people because of it. Right? Good point?
0: There's your PSA for the week.
1: So, anyways. Um, he apparently, specifically he felt the most anger and fresh and hatred towards the girls at school that turned him down and laughed at him. So if you're wondering where that came from, so in his alone time, he started to um, do a lot of archery and hunting and he became a really avid hunter and got really, really good at it. Um, When he was 18 years old in 1957, he joined the Army Reserve and served there for a year before being discharged. He got he met a girl and got married in the summer of 1960. But in December 1960, he got arrested for burning down a garage full of school buses.
0: It's actually really epic, though.
1: Yeah, I guess I don't feel like school buses would burn that like aggressively. Like if I was going to burn something down, I would want it to be like, yes, like caught on. Really good, or like a fireworks store, right? Like you're gonna do it, do it hard.
0: They have fabric and fuel in them. I'm sure yeah, they burn through my They're nice. big, like
1: tanks, so you have to like, get through that part first—the metal. Unless he lit every single one separately on fire, I highly doubt.
0: Oh, he caught the garage on fire.
1: Yeah, but like they would have to go through the metal to get to the inside of the every bus. It's not that much fun. You're trying to say that would be as fun as as lighting on fire, a fireworks store.
0: No, but as so, like if he hated school, then that's anyway, let's move on.
1: I would burn down a school building, the school building I went to, not school buses. Anyways, um, he went to prison for that for like a few years um, and his new wife left him. So he was alone again. So uh, he got out in 1963 and he got remarried. Uh, which is also funny to me that these like guys who are creepy weird serial killers are always like I had a hard childhood, and yet it's like so easy for them to get married. Who's marrying these guys? Not judging you, just like if they were so weird, if they were so like shy and weird and knocked in their corner, like how many? Why is it that so many grown women are like I'll do, I'll, I'll take that, you know? And that's weird because it's like what's the difference between you in high school and you as an adult? He doesn't, you don't seem that much different. Actually, you got much much worse.
0: Desperation, man.
1: I guess. So yeah, in 1963, he got remarried. And then in 1967, he moved to Anchorage, Alaska in order to like get away from his life in Iowa. So he lived in a small community, little town um, with his wife. And they had two kids and he owned a small bakery, which is where the baker name came in. Um, He was really well liked by his neighbors. And he also set... A bunch of hunting records for the town, which kind of freaks me out now because I wonder if they're like still, if he still has the records. I mean, yeah, probably. I wonder if they would let
0: him keep him, though, wouldn't they? I mean, you can't deny who Oh, killed. yeah, that's true. <laughs>
1: it's
0: like, here's this big buck by he who shall not be named, like, <laughs> you know. So he goes up like Voldemort? Right. That
1: <laughs> so, um... In 1972, he was convicted of assault and did some time. And then in 1976, was caught stealing a chainsaw from a local store and pled guilty. So, like, he did little crime, which is interesting because people just loved him anyways. Like, it's weird that he was like a petty thief or not a petty criminal. And yet people were just like, yeah, he's fine. We like him anyways, because it's a really small town. so like everybody knows each other. So on June 13th of 1983, so he moved there. Um, in 67. Okay. Okay. So on June 13th of 1983, 17 year old Cindy Paulson was found running down a main road, um, right outside of town, barefoot and handcuffed, screaming and yelling and waving down cars. She was found by a truck driver who then called the police, dropped her off somewhere. And the police came and found her. She told the police that she had been kidnapped, raped, tortured, and chained up by the neck in a man's basement. I I, I know lot, like this sounds like not important information. It's not very important, but it's just like adds the extra. Like she reported that after he chained her up by the neck, he took a nap on the couch next to her. Like raped her, tortured her, hung, chained her up by the neck. And I was like, I'm sleepy. It's been a hard day, a hard day of work.
0: That's probably like a psychological power move or something behind that.
1: Yeah, maybe, or maybe it's just so doesn't affect him. Yeah, maybe that. That he was just sleepy. So then he took her to an airport, which is a pretty small airport, because it's just around the town. And he had a um, a bush plane. Yep. And he attempted to get her onto it and take her to his cabin in Matanuska Mat- Valley, which is, he told her this. Like, wasn't it like, you know. Victim 101, to not tell the person where you're taking them just in case they get away. Anyways, so she escaped like she was in the back seat of his car and he got out to like start preparing the plane and she like crawled over the front seat because he locked her in. She crawled over the front seat, got out the door and started running. And apparently he chased her, but she made it to the street before he could get to her and started waving down. And of course, he didn't continue to chase her because, you know. Obviously,
0: man, this guy sucks at his job.
1: I know. And. There's more to that. Um, So she gave the police a description of the man that had taken her and claimed that she had left her sneakers in the back of his car. Uh, The description fit Robert. So the cops reluctantly brought him in because to them, he's like, no, the good, nice guy of the town because he's kind of quiet, but polite and nice to everyone. Um, and they just believed he never could have done it, which I'm sure
0: didn't help this the case. Even after an assault charge and right. he has arson on his record and like, that's so weird. And he weird. stole
1: a chainsaw from a local store. Like, right. this is a small town. These people know, like if you assaulted someone, they know who it is. Right. That's also, the cops weird. have dealt with him before. Weird. Um, he obviously denied the claims and had a strong alibi from his friend. Um, And, you know, they didn't really believe that he could have done it anyway. So he got to go. Um, But another detective named Glenn Floth um, overheard them talking about the case and heard about the cabin in um, Matanuska Valley. And he was super intrigued because over the last year, him and his team had found three bodies of women in that area, which is a really big area. And all the women had the same kind of injuries and were killed the same way. So it was believed that it was one killer. Right. Um, so they made, a pro- they made a profile of the killer. And they came up with someone with low self-esteem, an avid hunter, because all the women were shot or stabbed. Um, but it was clean, and obviously they knew what they were doing. Um, has a history of being treated badly by women. Would keep souvenirs from his victims. And my favorite is, and most likely had a stutter. By the way, I read that on three different articles. Because at first I almost didn't put it in there. Because well, I was like,
0: It was probably because of the girl that got away said this dude had a stutter.
1: He had to. She, right? Because, like,
0: Yeah, you wouldn't get there from a dead body. I'm
1: not a psychological profiler, but I'm going to go ahead and say.
0: Yeah, the only way they knew that was from the person that lived. Yeah.
1: Right. But I just like every single one of them said in the profile they put and probably, most likely had a stutter like they right. found it out. That's
0: true. But probably to add to the emphasis of how ridiculous it was that he got away from cops in the first place or they like discounted that it was him. Yeah, maybe.
1: So they brought in a few different suspects and when they got to Hansen. Um, not only did he fit the profile, but also had the plane and the cabin in the area. So he was pretty obviously.
0: Right. Like he's your dude. A yeah. Pretty intense.
1: Yeah. Pretty high suspect. So um, from that, they got a warrant to search his home plane and cabin. And this is where stuff got a little crazier. So they found jewelry from the missing women in his house, an array of firearms hidden in his attic that were not um, registered to him. And then an aviation map of the area of that valley with X marks on it hidden behind his headboard. That was bad. So eventually, from the evidence found, Hansen can confess to most of it and then told the police what he did. So apparently, what he would do is he would kidnap young women, torture and rape them, and keep him in his in his basement for kind of as long as he felt like he could. Because obviously, he's like married and has two kids, and I'm assuming they didn't know anything about this. I don't know how. So obviously, I'm just, like he, he couldn't.
0: Well, he probably just said, hey, "I am going hunting." No, there? I
1: just mean like literally keeping them in his basement.
0: Oh, that's true. Yeah. I like, didn't think about that. She was
1: in his, yeah, his house. So I'm assuming they just like didn't go down there. I don't know.
0: That's really weird. We I mean, yeah.
1: probably didn't keep them down there very long. That right. was probably like a, like my wife's at, at work it. and my kids are at school. Right. Yeah. I don't know how he had time for this. Dude's a baker. I don't. How did he he's keep, got, did he keep his day job? He's got some man. How did he keep his day job? Um. So, yeah, he would rape, he would torture and rape them and then he would fly them out to his cabin. Um. And then at his cabin, he would let them be free, which really feels like a a horror movie to me. Basically, just let them go. I'm very
0: surprised this isn't one yet.
1: Right. And tell them to run as fast as they could.
0: I mean, it's the most dangerous game, I think, is the book. mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: So, of course, they would because anyone in that situation would start running, right? Yeah. Take the shot. So he would toy with them and let them believe that they had a chance to live. Um, he would go after them with a hunting knife and a Ruger Mini 14 semi-automatic rifle. Um,
0: it's a very and, good rifle.
1: Uh, and he would hunt them down. Um, almost never would he do it quickly, even though he was really good at what he of did. Of course, like, he wanted
0: the thrill of the chase. Right, so it yeah. would be
1: hours and even some of them he reported as days after he released them that he would uh, he would kill them. So um, he... Um, admitted that the X's on his map were the kill sites where he found and killed his victims and then left their bodies. So there were 21 X's on the map. Um, he's believed to have raped and assaulted. Hmm. It auto-corrected to assisted, raped and assisted.
0: Mm, not true.
1: <laughs> 30 women in Alaska and to have killed 17. He only acknowledged 13 of these murders and avidly denies the other four. Um, he even helped police find the bodies of the ones that they hadn't yet found. Um, so there were also there were some more marks on there, though, that he absolutely refused to show them. And even though they would go on their own without his help, it was really hard because it's a very big area and the X's are big. So it's really hard to find. So um, there were three more that they believed could be more victims. So. Basically, out of the 21 possible victims, they knew about 17, but they only found the bodies of 13.
0: That's so weird, like, that he would have shame over four, but not 13 others.
1: Yeah, I wonder if, like, they didn't go the way he wanted it to.
0: Yeah, like, they weren't a a point of pride for him or something.
1: Yeah, or like it, because, you know, they, like, feel angry about some or it didn't work out. or Yeah,
0: their emotional ties to each kill is different. Yeah, Yeah. It's so weird.
1: So, or maybe, like... Those were someone he
0: knew. Yeah. More I was thinking that, like, something, yeah, where it was a different motivation than the sport. Because, I mean, clearly, if he held records, like, he was a trophy hunter. So, like.
1: Which, that, ugh, that just makes it so much worse. Like, it's one thing to, like, first off, it's one thing to murder, right? That's bad. It's another thing to hunt people down
0: and kill well, and them. I think that's why. But that that like totally fits why we're interested in it, though. Like we don't talk about the the one off murders. We talk about serial killers, you know?
1: Right. Well, because we talk they, about
0: the people that made it into a game.
1: Right. Well, because they each all have their motives and their reasons and their way of doing it and, and their and game their, the and the way their, that they view it. Right. So for me, I think it's I don't know. This would be true for everybody, but I like you guys know, obviously, because I do them and RJ never does for a reason. I am obviously super into this
0: stuff. And I, I also like it, but I don't do it because she does it all the time.
1: Do it all the time, all the time, five of them. No one's complaining. Thirty-three percent. Um, I wouldn't say I'm. I wouldn't say I've become less phased by these stories. I think just more of the like, what you would consider normal ones are like, oh yeah, he killed like a bunch of people. Not great, right? But this one just really like gives me the like yucky feeling in my stomach of like. It's just it's different when because what I think about is this man obviously used hunting, whether or not just hunting, but like other things, too. But like hunting specifically became a thing for him in a way that he like, you know, how you know, we channel our anger into other things. Right. Into like other things that we want to do. And I'm not saying he was hunting because he was like like I want to kill things because I'm angry. Maybe that was true. I'm just mean like he found an avenue for his anger to focus on something else. Right. But it like wasn't enough to just kill animals. And it also wasn't enough to just kill people. You had to turn the people into animals. And make it a game. And that to me is where it. Gets worse. Well, also I think about those poor girls. And just the thoughts in their mind as they're. Running through Because this I mean this valley's huge. Yeah. There was I no way. That. Even yeah. if he didn't. Hunt them down and shoot them. There's a very small chance they'd get out. Or make it out before they die. Just because. of reminds me of that like.
0: Normal Tuesday night for Shia Labeouf, <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, you need to.
1: Like, <laughs> well, takes away all the like serious and like heaviness of it. Is thinking of that. I'm just saying that's, a, that's yeah, the yeah. Look of up. Of it's just. I think it's just called Shia Labeouf. I think so too. We will post it it's eventually excellent. on YouTube. Um,
0: but yeah, no. I. I um, it also could have just been like, simply put. He picked up hunting as, like, a normal person would. That's what and I then, mean, yeah. But then found out he was really good at it, and that's how, why when his it made kills. him feel better? Yeah, and because, right. like, um, like, Ted Bundy, right? Like, he really liked being the, quote-unquote, charismatic, intelligent dude. Mm-hmm. So he used that in his kills, or the burlap sack guy really liked burlap, so he...
1: <laughs> I don't know if he really liked burlap. But I just thought it was convenient. <laughs> like, hey, I already work at a, like, or no, I already do this thing, like...
0: I got burlap. You know what's for great days. for hauling bodies? Some burlap. I got burlap for days, son. But yeah, so I don't know. It's it's really interesting. Like I think the things about like breaking it down, like and it seems like they got some really good conversations with the dude. So I wonder when was this?
1: Um. Well, they found the first girl in night. They found the first girl in 1983.
0: Okay. Yeah, so a long time ago. I wonder if they, you know, have like really detailed profiles on him and stuff because, like. I'd really love to see, like, the the breakdown on, like, why those four kills were. And, like, if you talked about them at all or just totally avoided them. Well,
1: I wonder if they were, like, because, you know, how it's always, like, they build, right? Like, they start at the beginning and then it becomes this, like, you do it. You perfect it, I guess, kind of, which is kind of creepy to think about. Because we all do things like that where we, like, start off. We're like, we're not very good at this. Like, listen to the first episode of our podcast. (laughs) Don't listen to the first episode of our podcast. I never would. It would pain me. But, um. Yeah, and and so maybe it's like those first four were the quote like the sloppy ones that like he started yeah. out with, you know, or he maybe he didn't make it the game like he wanted it to well, be. Well, that's what or, I was thinking
0: about, like as a trophy hunter, right? Like one of the last, thing, like maybe he had to shoot the person twice that's or what I was something. Yeah, yeah, like he like, hit him
1: in the wrong place. Yeah, yeah, like
0: it wasn't, it didn't show off his prowess as a, as a hunter. Or they know? fought
1: back if he came in with a knife. They fought back and it didn't. It was a lot more messy, right? Because part of it, like as a hunter, like you don't.
0: I want to slaughter. You want to clean you Yeah, you don't yeah. want it to be
1: gross. You right. want it to look good, right? I just... Ugh. Like, turning people into animals like that in your mind is really... Or
0: if they just died in the woods and he just found their body. Oh, like if, you yeah. If he didn't find, the find them fast yeah. enough.
1: Or what if they, like,
0: I don't know. Fell or something. Like killed themselves. Bear. I don't know.
1: Yeah, an animal got him. Yeah. Who knows?
0: I don't know. It's just really interesting to think of like what what for him. What's was your the line. level
1: to the point where? Well, and that's a that thing too. Like, there's me. probably
0: no pattern for it. It's what's his level. Yeah,
1: yeah, right. Well, and it's yeah, it's to like paint this picture for you of how interesting this is to me. It, one of my dream jobs that I'm fully aware I couldn't do just because it would probably mess me too too much. La la la. It would probably mess me too much. God damn it! It would probably mess me up. Too much as a person, but it would be to be like a psychologist or a psychiatrist that interviews people on death row. Just because I'm so interested on understanding people's brains and the way that they think different than mine. And obviously... In case you didn't know, I'm not a serial killer and I have no interest in being a serial killer. So I don't get it, but I want to, but not in like, a I want to kill you way. Just in like, I want to understand missing way. missing
0: guys, just so you know, <laughs> she's by far the first <laughs> suspect. Well, um, first
1: off, I'm your wife. So I feel like that's always the first suspect just, just because I am. But also I do find this stuff highly interesting.
0: Which by the way, if you have not checked out the Ted Bundy tapes,
1: oh, just a plug do. for it. Yeah, it's really good. It's super good. I mean, I'm sure everyone, it's like hugely oh, like hyped right now, but...
0: Yeah. Amazing. I think Massive Late Fee did an episode on it. They did. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: um, check that out too. But yeah, I don't, this one just gives me the extra heebie jeebies of just you're dehumanizing every single one of those girls that you just sent out. Well, that's,
0: I mean, is it worse that he gave them a shot? Like, I think it might just be just I, because. No, I think
1: it's worse that he didn't, that he gave them
0: false hope. The false hope. That's because true. Because he
1: knew they didn't have a shot.
0: That's true. I mean, he put them like in a remote valley. Yeah, there's yeah. I where mean, that you, is like, worse. you know, like we
1: said, even if he didn't get to them, he knew they were gonna die. Yeah,
0: it's pretty much. And there's up. no
1: I mean, with the kind of dedication he had, and I'm sure he knew those woods like the back of his hand. I mean, he lived there for a long time already. So, um he was actually only officially charged for the murders of four of these women. They just didn't have enough evidence on the others to prove that it was him. Um, and of course he didn't ever like officially Say, I did it, kind of thing, which I'm sure was very frustrating as the cops to be like, you literally pointed me in the place of where this body was, and yet I can't say it was officially you. Um, and then he was also, of course, ki- uh, uh, charged with the kidnapping and assault of Cindy Paulson. Uh, he was sentenced to four hundred and sixty one years plus life, which is a very
0: specific number. I't know what that's about. It's all the charges added up.
1: Oh, is that, like, the, like, highest he can get in every...
0: No, it's just, like, they go through each charge. Each charge is worth X amount. I know, it's just interesting. Yeah, but
1: even then, it's, like, why is each charge... Like, wouldn't it just be each charge? Is, this charge is worth 20. This charge is worth 10. This charge is worth 15. Like, are, wouldn't then they we, just like, add them up. Right, but how would you end up with 261 if each was fives or tens? That's what I'm saying.
0: Because some are ones or sixes.
1: That's what... That was my point. What? It's, like, weird that they're not even numbers. No, it isn't. Anyways... Plus, plus, life was in prison without the possibility of parole. Excellent. Um, oh, I forgot to say, he also, um, he said that he started these murders back in the early 70s, which was just like three years after he moved there, because that was 67, and she was not found until 83. Jeez. So he'd been doing that that whole time. Um,
0: Ooh, He also... Fun side note, uh, apparently one of the, like, Big pharma companies, I think, came up with a way to make someone feel like they had undergone a thousand years of prison in about eight hours. That Just, is the opposite of a fun side note. Well, for this guy, that would be great. Could you imagine if his like remaining years in life every eight hours, he felt like it was a thousand years like he would literally never leave what he thought was prison. like, that's excellent to me. Oh,
1: you mean it'd be great for us? Yeah, I thought you meant like it was good for him. No, got it. Well, you said it would be great for him. I get what you're saying now. Yeah, that's pretty much insane. Um, but he also said that there were some, that's why, like, when he when they said uh, 30 women that he, that were, he assaulted and raped. Um, he said, actually, that a lot of them, if they convinced him that they weren't going to tell the police, he let them go. Dumbest serial killer of all time? Isn't that like, if there was, if someone wrote a book on being a serial killer, number one is you don't let your victims go. But he got but they held up their end of the bargain.
0: Well, I mean yeah nobody they, told on him. He probably put the fear of God right into him. So yeah.
1: Yeah, but I would say what I mean, people say whatever they whatever they can to get out of that situation. And the second I ran away.
0: Yeah, but think about it, like I mean it, like you said, it's a small community, like the thought of I will never be safe. I don't know, though. Yeah, I'd rather go with I yeah. will never be safe, but the cops know versus I'll never be safe and the cops right, don't know. Right, because you're just yeah. like, walking
1: down the street and it's like, hey, there's there's old Robert. Everybody thinks he's great. Yeah. And he freaking attacked Damn.
0: me. I have to get my croissants, though. <laughs> Got to go see Robert today. Got the today. best ones
1: in town. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I can't imagine. But yeah, like so dumb. Who lets their who lets their victims go? Not, not a good idea on his part. Um. But yeah, and then he died in prison on August twenty first, two thousand fourteen. So we are. Wish that drug
0: were around. What? I wish that drug were around back then. Yeah, he but died we, too soon. We uh,
1: got rid of him, so one less horrible, oh, horrible he, creep he had on the, the planet. Death penalty. No.
0: Oh, he just. I died. just mean
1: we got rid of him, as in he's gone now.
0: Oh, okay. No, um, he had whatever. life.
1: Yeah, so that's my really, really uplifting, happy story for
0: today. Excellent. Yeah, I'm feeling super jazzed. <laughs> you should. I do too. <laughs> OK, um, so I'll be talking about the Nimitz incident, which happened on November 14th, 2004. Um, the USS Nimitz, which is an aircraft carrier and like all of its uh, war vessels, like in its group, were doing an air defense exercise off the coast of San Diego. Two F.A. 18s, which if you don't know, you don't know what an F.A. 18 is, right? Nope, I don't know. Planes. OK, so an FA 18 uh, F means fighter. A is like attack aircraft. So like it's it's a very versatile. It's like the Navy's most versatile plane. Um, and it's one of our, you know, better airplanes like we we've used it for a very long time. Um, but anyway, so they can launch off of an aircraft carrier. That's why he was flying it. Uh, but two of these fa 18s took off from the Nimitz. Uh, one was piloted by a commander, David Fravor, who was not like a young pilot. Like this is his 19th year in the military. um, And he'd been flying for, I think 14 years at this point. So yeah, I mean, he's, he's very experienced. However, the other pilot was inexperienced. um, But the, most of the story comes from David. So uh, they're flying around, you know, again, participating in this exercise when they are radioed by the USS Princeton asking what kind of weapons they had aboard. Right. So during an, defense exercise that's very interesting
1: yeah that seems kind of like uh-oh what's going on
0: yeah so they kind of you know obviously peaked up like their interest was was peaked and uh david joked that the missiles could come off if with a with a sledgehammer if they were really needed (laughs) uh which is just a joke that they were uh fake they were um training missiles so they had no motor um they were just hollow tubes um but yeah so After that joke, he was kind of like, "Okay, you've got my attention, like what's going on? Yeah, right. So the USS Princeton directed them to a location where an object was being actively tracked on radar. And they said, um, you know, it's in this direction, which was like uh, heading 270, which is west. And they were it was about 60 miles away. And later they found out that over the course of the exercise, as many of 20 US UFOs were um, tracked as going from space or 80,000. Uh, 80,000 feet and then above radar from essentially space going all the way down to like 20,000 feet and sometimes as low as like close to sea level and disappearing from radar and then bouncing back up to space like about 20 times this was observed. Yeah. And this was the first time that one of these objects was tracked while planes were in the air. Holy crap. So that's why the Princeton was directing them to go check it out because it's the first time they could actually get eyes on it.
1: Yeah. Right. That makes sense.
0: Yep. So, um, so they start going, like I said, at 60 miles out and about 100 miles away from the coast. Um, the two F-A-18s started heading west, and they never saw the object on their radar at all. Um, they said that they were going out with their radar, quote unquote, clean, meaning that they didn't have anything on radar. Yeah, so, right. Uh, not what they were looking for, but also nothing else. Okay. Um, and so they were just flying blind, essentially, uh, at from the uh, direction of the USS Princeton. So the Princeton... Um, Told them that they were getting close to the quote unquote merge point. In other words, the USS Princeton could not tell the difference between them on radar and the object they were tracking. Wow. So they were like sharing the same column of air. In other words. Um Imagine how creaky that would be. Oh, flying blind like- for sixty miles. And he said he said <laughs> that they <laughs> He said that they were uh they were, you know, just cruising like to save gas because they didn't know how long they'd be out there. Oh. So they were just doing like three hundred uh, knots, which is like really slow for a fighter craft. Right. Uh-huh. So at that speed, like, you know, the flight took a minute and they were just like, what's going on? And they had no context. So like, and that was the thing, the thing I just told you about, um, the UFOs being in the area, like they didn't know that yeah, till were like,
1: just like, Oh, where are we going? Yeah, what so are we they, checking out? Well, and, right.
0: um, you know, they wouldn't know if it was just part of the exercise either. The only thing that kind of tipped them off to it, not being part of the exercise was them asking, what are you armed with? Right. Mm-hmm um, but anyway, so they're at the merge point and they're looking around, obviously, because that's what they're trying to do. And Fravor noticed um, in the ocean something that had the general shape and size of a 737 uh, just beneath the surface of the waves. Right. So he was wondering if they were tracking a plane that had crashed. Right. OK. Um, so the object was substantial enough that he compared it to whenever you're flying over uh, submerged mountain peaks um, and how like uh the waves. So it was a, he said it was a calm and like bright day mm-hmm. um, and there were no white caps. But like over this object, there are white caps. And the, he's seen that like over, you know, like barrier reefs and like mountain mountains that are submerged and stuff. Yeah. And uh, that's how it was kind of interacting with this object. Right. Wow. So and again, like he's like I said, he thought it might have been a, a plane that was sinking. Uh, But while looking at it, the other pilot uh, came onto the radar and said, hey, do you see? And then right as he said, see, uh, Fravor saw like what he described as a white Tic Tac, which was about the size of an fa 18 which if you don't know, an fa 18 is like 40 feet long or the size of about two decent sized cars. Mm -hmm. um, Zipping around the object, but maintaining one direction. So let me explain that better. He said that it was going like up and down the cross of what would be an airplane. Right. But while facing north, okay. So like, picture like a helicopter. Yeah, like moving like this. Yes, like we're both moving our hands like <laughs> jackasses. And you guys can't see it, but yes. So like, like
1: you're on a track, like you're like you don't yes. move. You don't move like this way. <laughs> okay, I can't. Pi-
0: you don't pivot.
1: You don't pivot. But you're you moving just... right
0: to left and forward right. and back. Yeah. So their initial thought was okay. It's a helicopter, right?
1: Oh yeah, that would make sense. Right.
0: But um, they had no visible windows, motors or anything other than two antennas coming off of it that were like shaped into an L that were just looked like bars coming off of it. There was nothing else. OK, uh, so Fravor looking at this thing decides to descend on the object. Um, they That's were,
1: a great plan.
0: <laughs> I mean, what else are you going to do? Uh, run away. That's were, what you're going to do. <laughs> they were at about 20,000 feet. Um, and he descended to about 13,000 feet and the other plane decided to remain high to keep an eye on the situation. Yeah. And that's where, and he was like, yeah, that's a good idea. Like stay up there, keep an eye on everything. Um, and they were still in contact with the Princeton, which had the initial radar contact. Right. So anyway, as Fravor and Fravor's plane descends, the object starts ascending towards Fravor. Okay. So as his plane is coming down, um, this object is coming up, right? So then he That's
1: that's your crap your pants moment.
0: Yeah, so it's not good. Um but anyway, so then they both start circling each other and almost engaging in like dogfight maneuvers. Um and so he uses tactics that he would use against an earthly vehicle and uh when you have two two vehicles going in circles, um his first maneuver is cut the circle in half, right, to end that. So as he turned to cut the circle in half. He said that he was going to like scoop under the circle um, and and do that maneuver, right? Well, as he does this maneuver, then the UFO decides, okay, I'm outie, And it just books it and goes from what he said, a, a leisurely pace is what they were at to faster than anything I've ever seen. And out of out over the horizon in a blink of an eye, he said he's never seen a missile, or an airplane or anything go that fast and much less accelerate that fast right yeah um and generally speaking like an acceleration like that would kill you right if you were human so anyway uh that's whenever he confirms with the plane that remained high hey did you see that and the other plane is like yeah it's gone right They're so straight
1: up Aliens. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He goes, uh, the other plane is like, it's gone. It went over the horizon. The thing just took off. Right. So he he now knows it's not a trick of the light. He didn't lose it. Right. Um, and then, so they start headed to what's called the cat point or rendezvous point. Um, and as they start to head there, the Princeton radios in and says, Hey, you're not going to believe this, uh, that thing's already at the rendezvous point, which was 40 miles away in about a blink of an eye. So
1: Wow, that's insane. Yeah,
0: so in in that quick, it went 40 miles away. In that quick. In that quick. Mm -hmm. Like it. Anyway, so yeah, not cool. Um, Okay, so so upon their return uh, to the aircraft carrier, apparently word about this encounter had already gotten out. So yeah, like, of course it did. Everybody was kind of like making fun of them. Um, so they were like playing like men in black and like X files and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and Fravor pretty much was just like, I mean, he just had no reason to talk about it much. Um, and there was like this uh, other thing. Other
1: than the fact that you just saw an alien spaceship. Are you kidding? I would well, be like he, shouting that from the Well, That's
0: actually what, so he said that it, it very quickly kind of just became his go-to bar story, but like he never thought, and, and like there was a lot of people that said that he signed like a non-disclosure agreement with the military. He said, no, like no one ever reached out to me, although that changes. But he said at the time, nobody ever reached out to him. So like he didn't have a reason not to talk about it. He mm-hmm. just also I mean, he, so think about this. And this is what he said in a different interview. And I'll I'll link all these interviews that I saw this from. But uh, think about the time, right? Like it's 2004. He's about to go back on deployment. He said so this is at the end of one deployment and he's about to go on another deployment with the Nimitz. Like. His mind is on other things, in other words, right? No, and so, no,
1: no, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There is nothing else for your mind to be on other than the fact that you just saw a freaking alien spaceship. Like, I don't care what else would be happening in my life. Everything else would just be blank. And I'd just be like, aliens, that's aliens. I have proof of aliens.
0: Speaking of proof. Insane. A so, couple things. Um, he, they actually had a uh, um, the object in their gunner camera. Right. So here's where it got fun. Um, last year, the New York times did an article about this. Um, and they reached out to him and, um, in the, in the years preceding, So this is 2004, that New York times article came out like at the end of 2017. Right. In the years between like the other pilot he was with was like, Hey, has the Pentagon reached out to you? And he was like, no, not really. And, uh, That pilot was like, well, they've talked to me five times, and he was like, okay, well, give them my name, like I'll talk to them, right? And the guy that was reaching out about this is our old friend Elizondo. Uh, I don't know if you remember him, but you did the story. He's the dude that ran Skinwalker Ranch after.
1: No. Yeah. So
0: AA Tip, the program that took over Skinwalker Ranch. AA Tip is uh, that—that's who was reaching out to him. More importantly, Elizondo um, eventually left. Uh, the government entirely because he was kind of fed up with two things. One, the bureaucracy, but then two, the whole like in his own in his own words, I'll I'll summarize, but it's essentially everyone acknowledges that UFOs are like important because it's a national security risk, which we'll talk about. But he was like, but at the same time in government, nobody wants to be the UFO guy. Right. Like um, because it comes with so much scrutiny, which goes back to why can you blame him? Right. Which is why Fravor Didn't say much, right? He was kind of tired of that, like play against one another, where like what he was doing, he felt like was very important work, and he knew that in their heart of hearts, everyone else did too, but nobody could openly acknowledge it, right? And so um, he left. Can't say I blame him, right? So he ended up leaving the government for what's called to the stars academy, um, which if you haven't heard of that, that actually has our old buddy uh, Tom DeLonge. Oh from, man! From Blink 182, he started it and they like funds it.
1: Seriously? Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, so I love like, it.
0: Um, he like
1: the perpetual fourteen-year-old.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's really hard being a teenager when you're thirty. That's exactly. what Blink 182's songs are about. But um, yeah, so he started this and funds it and stuff. But like, there's a lot of really big people from the government and like scientists and stuff that have joined this academy. Like they're very prestigious. But anyway, so they actually got their hands on a on footage from a 2011 incident with the same type of UFO. And so this footage is available. I'll link to it, um, but you can actually listen to the pilots back and forth, talk about it, and you can see this tic tac shaped object with two little dinky arms um, doing stuff that no vehicle that we know of can do. And it, it Fravers looked at it and was like, yep, that's that's it. That's what I saw. Um, wow. And the pilots from that 2011 incident have been quoted as saying, I don't care if it's aliens. I don't care if it's Russia. But if something is this much better than us, like we need to know what it is. Right.
1: Yeah, of course. That makes total sense. They also
0: said. Um,
1: it's a very real, fe- real fear to have. One
0: right. well, in this other incident, which I'll probably do an episode on it as well. But, um, you know, they said, like, if I needed to engage this thing, it it totally like redirected my radar. I had no ability to kill this. Right. And that's not a good feeling to have. Right. Um, but yeah. And, uh, Fravor was actually quoted as saying, I don't know what it was. Uh, I have no clue what it was, but I want to fly it, whatever it is, you (laughs) know? So, which is a total pilot thing to say, but yeah, I mean, there's no probably worse feeling than being in one of our best airplanes and being completely outrun outmaneuvered, and having no power over something. And that's what he felt, you know. So obviously it's been postulated out there that uh, the submerged thing was one of our own uh, submarines. Um, that's been put out there a lot, especially because of the type of exercises they were doing.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um, and that the drone, because it had to be an unmanned drone, in other words, was was just a drone. I mean, right? unless
1: it's just a tiny alien. Well, like the one that controls that old guy's brain and no, it, wouldn't in even,
0: it wouldn't even be tiny. This thing was as big as his airplane. Oh,
1: I wouldn't have somebody in it.
0: Well, because it moves so fast, it would kill a person. So not th- an alien. Right. Well, there's that. No, but they, they're thinking about like, what on earth could it be? OK, but I'm telling you, like the Russians and the Chinese probably can't do this. So but yeah, as far as the fear of it, though, um, think about this. Like we had the most of our military power like aimed at this thing because it's during an exercise mm-hmm. they obviously don't want people viewing this exercise right um and there was nothing they could do oh. about any of it so that's that was really cute um so that's really unsettling you know um, of course.
1: well i kind of when i think about like uh what you were talking about about how the government you know acknowledges ufos but won't do anything about it like and and again, I, the government has, I'm assuming, a lot more knowledge about UFOs and aliens and things like that than I do. But, like, what would you do? We have no understanding of their level of anything. So, like, even if you're going to sit there and say, okay, fine, we have proof, this is what's real, blah, 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 what do we do now? Well, I you think know? that's
0: what, like... So even with Project Blue Book and like this other the Elizondo program. So uh, just to give a little background on it, like that wasn't actually like acknowledged until recently. Mm -hmm. um, But it was a twenty two million dollar program looking at stuff like this. Right. And twenty two million dollars sounds like a lot, but it's a percent of a percent of a percent of the these budget. Like they didn't put any resources to this. Right. But yeah, I mean, I, I do kind of agree with you either. Either there's something more to it, which if you listen to Elizondo talking about it, there there might not be like the Pentagon literally might not have any more resources towards this. But it could be to your point, right? Like, well, what could we even do about it? Right. right? Well,
1: like if you're looking at this thing that like he was saying, we can't track on our radar is so much faster than anything we've ever seen. If that's true, then I'm assuming has. Different, at least different, if not better, Types of weapons and things like that than we do. What do you do, other than hope it goes away or that it's nice?
0: Yeah, you I because mean, that's like, what I think everyone else is like calling for us to like increase observation of it, but like you can't, you know, like yeah, you, you just can't. So yeah, yeah, like I said, it's unsettling. And let's say it really is aliens. And um, I think this is something my dad has said a lot. Like if I were an alien, the first thing I would do is go down to the fastest moving thing on a planet and just see what it's doing. And that's why like a lot of fighter pilots and a lot of astronauts do report this type of stuff. Um, because, yeah, I mean, if I were an alien, that, w- if I saw them doing military exercises, I'd want to be there kind of checking it out. So
1: yeah, I could see that.
0: Um, yeah. But yeah, very interesting case. I will post a lot of links to this one just because it is super interesting. Um, but it spawned that 2011 thing. And I'll also share the videos from both of those cases. And then I'll probably talk about the 2011 Thing and then a couple other uh, militarily related um, UFOs, but 2004 USS Nimitz incident. Very, very, very compelling. All right. So, this has been another episode of Skeptical Skeptics. Uh, We appreciate all the feedback and comments and downloads that we've been getting. Um, Again, we're on pace for our best month and it just keeps going, getting better and better. So, um, keep that going. Please keep sharing the. show with anybody that you think will be interested um, and keep the reviews coming and feedback coming. We always look forward to interacting with you guys. I think that's one of our most fun parts about doing this podcast and if we get merch out there let us know your interest level and uh, if you guys would like us to do some contests or raffles stuff like that so um, but yeah feel free to reach out to us. We'll shout you out on the show so yeah that's about it. Thanks.
1: Bye.